This portion of the programming has been pre-recorded. With the Omicron variant becoming more common, and it seems like everyone has a story about how either they themselves or a family member or a friend has COVID-19 or recently just recovered, it's at the top of everyone's minds. And especially whenever we're hearing news worldwide about hospitals that are becoming overwhelmed. We naturally started thinking about how it might be affecting us here locally with Penn Highlands. I'm Brittany Madera, the host of Contact. And today we're focusing on how Penn Highlands Healthcare is handling COVID-19, some of the most recent developments, and how you can do your part to keep yourself and others as safe as possible. It's Contact, this portion of the show brought to us by Lifespan Family Services, Adoption and Foster Care. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Again, I'm Brittany Madeira, and our topic on contact today is Penn Highlands Healthcare and how they're handling COVID-19. We got to hear some answers during a recent press conference with some Penn Highlands officials, including the COO, the Chief Operating Officer, Mark Norman, and the Chief Medical Director, Dr. Russell Cameron. All of the audio that you're going to hear is from a press conference that happened via telephone on Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. We're going to start, first of all, with Dr. Russell Cameron, focusing on more about the virus itself and, of course, the statistics that everyone wants to know. Thank you for joining us. As you are well aware, the COVID-19 numbers continue to climb throughout Pennsylvania. And, in fact, the holiday surge started earlier than we expected. That is largely due to the Omicron variant. First, everyone wants to know the numbers. The latest number system-wide for inpatients with COVID-19 is 92 inpatients. In the past week, we have had 17 deaths system-wide. So how do those numbers break down into each particular hospital? Because, of course, Penn Highlands Healthcare has not just Penn Highlands Dubois, but additional hospitals as well. Sure. Our numbers as of today are as follows. Penn Highlands Dubois, 21 patients. Penn Highlands Brookville, 2. Penn Highlands Clearfield, 9. Penn Highlands Elk, 6. Penn Highlands Huntington, 15. Penn Highlands Tyrone, one, and Penn Highlands Mont Valley, 38. And what about in comparison to last year? This past month, we had approximately the same number of inpatients system-wide as during our peak in December of 2020. This year, we are seeing more patients in the physician offices and in the clinics, but our number of hospital admissions is similar to this time last year. The overwhelming majority of patients who are doing poorly are in the ICU, are in ventilators, and are dying are not vaccinated. Those are tough things to hear. We also asked Dr. Cameron from Penn Highlands Healthcare, how many employees at the hospitals have COVID? Of our 6,100 employees system-wide, we currently have 199 employees who have either tested positive or are awaiting results. Now, since Dr. Cameron is focusing mostly on the science of the virus and of COVID itself and all of the variants, There's a lot of confusion about what the difference really is between Omicron and Delta, some of the most common variants of the virus. Both the Omicron and Delta variants cause fatigue, but that's where the similarities end. Omicron is more transmissible, but milder than the Delta variant, 
and it is less likely to result in hospitalization. Omicron has a shorter incubation period than the other variants. It can spread rapidly with people developing symptoms in as little as three days, and those people can be contagious and test positive sooner. Omicron may cause milder cases in vaccinated people and more severe illness in unvaccinated people. Studies are finding the Omicron does less damage to the lungs because the virus cannot attach to the proteins in the lungs. Some people who are sick due to the Omicron variant may be less likely to lose their sense of taste and smell. So you might be wondering as well, what does it typically look like whenever somebody is admitted to the hospital with COVID-19? If they come in specifically for COVID-19 symptoms, the treatment plan varies based on the severity of their symptoms and the presence of any other underlying medical conditions. And of course, other people are admitted for other reasons and then find that they have COVID-19 later. And yes, we are going to be talking about this a lot, but vaccinations, they say, can really make a difference. That's something that Dr. Russell Cameron, the chief medical director from Penn Highlands Healthcare, felt very strongly about. Absolutely. People who have both doses of the vaccine and the booster who do contract the virus are experiencing milder symptoms, less severe outcomes, less chance of needing to get admitted to the hospital, and less risk of mortality. And if you aren't already vaccinated at all, or if you're just waiting to get your booster, there are plenty of ways of doing so, and there are clinics available through Penn Highlands. Yeah, we continue to add vaccine clinics to the schedule in our communities, in all of our communities, for first and second doses and boosters. Here's something that I've been hearing a lot of people say is, are we just all eventually going to get COVID-19? Is this an inevitability? Dr. Russell Cameron from Penn Highlands Healthcare gives some words of advice. Many of us will likely be exposed to the virus, but whether or not a person becomes infected depends on individual behaviors. Being exposed doesn't mean you will get infected. It depends also on individual measures such as masking and social distancing. Getting fully vaccinated and boosted will make a difference as to whether a person gets sick, as well as a difference in the severity of the case. Now, what about that antiviral pill that we've been hearing about that can help with the treatment of COVID? In late December, the FDA approved the emergency use of Pfizer's and Merck's antiviral pills. These drugs are oral antiviral pills that can be taken at home after a person experiences COVID-19 symptoms, and they help keep high-risk patients from being hospitalized. They are both taken twice a day for five days. They're taken within three days of the first symptoms of the illness. In studies, both medications have shown to decrease the need for hospitalization and the chance of death. Currently, there is a limited supply of the medication, and they are being sent to retail pharmacies in limited numbers. We're in the process of trying to get doses for our retail pharmacies. Dr. Cameron also explained the difference between that antiviral pill versus the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is administered to the general population ages five and over and is a preventative measure before a patient is exposed to the COVID-19 virus. The pill is a treatment and has to be taken by high-risk individuals three to five days after an exposure has already occurred. Now, even kids as young as five years old now qualify for a COVID-19 vaccine. But so far, fewer kids than adults, obviously, are vaccinated at this point. And some kids, such as those younger than five, are not eligible to be vaccinated yet. So how many cases of COVID-19 in children are we seeing nowadays? Nationally, pediatric COVID-19 cases are more than 20% of all COVID-19 cases. We are seeing more younger children with the virus Unlike adults and older children, those under age five are the largest group that are not vaccinated. Pennsylvania is among the nine states with record numbers of pediatric hospitalizations. Now, I know a lot of people had questions about early in the COVID-19 pandemic, how everyone at Penn Highlands, if you visited there, you were typically asked to wait in your car. That is no longer the case. 
We asked Dr. Russell Cameron whether there were any plans of going back to that, especially as it seems perhaps to a lot of people to be safer to wait in their own vehicle than in a crowded waiting room. We make individual decisions with patient safety being the top priority. Every situation is dealt with differently based on office volumes, acuity of surface being provided, layouts of the waiting layouts of the waiting room. Our physicians are engaged and active in the decision-making process with regard to how we keep our patients safe. Now, what about flu? It did not entirely disappear, despite a lot of the conversation being about COVID-19. And what's all the news about this flu-rona that people keep talking about, where actually some people are diagnosed with COVID and the flu at the same time? The flu nearly disappeared in 2020 because people were wearing masks, socially distancing, and the avoidance of large gatherings. However, it is once again circulating in the U.S. We are seeing cases of influenza. The flu strain that is now the most dominant in the U.S. has been in the past been linked to more severe flu seasons. This dominant virus, which is a strain of H3N2, is not among the types of flu that this season's vaccine specifically guards against. That means the flu vaccine may be less effective against that strain. We have seen patients who have tested positive for both influenza as well as COVID-19. Another thing that we want to make sure to mention is that we've been hearing over and over that blood supply throughout the nation is critically low. We hear these PSAs that your blood donation is desperately needed. So is that the case? And how is Penn Highlands doing with their blood supply? The rapid rise in COVID-19 case numbers across the country have drastically impeded the ability to supply blood to hospitals. With increasing donor cancellation rates and hundreds of staff impacted by the virus, American Red Cross and other blood suppliers are experiencing significant disruptions throughout their supply chains. At Penn Highlands, our primary blood supply comes from the Community Blood Bank of Erie. Their experience is the same as other blood banks. They are all at critical lows. We ask potential donors to please donate. To help with the supply, Penn Highlands Dubois is having a blood drive on Friday, January 14th, in the Central Resource Center from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. We encourage everyone who is healthy to contact their local Red Cross or blood bank and donate. And as we turn the conversation from Dr. Russell Cameron, the chief medical director, over to Mark Norman, the chief operating officer instead, we're going to hear a couple of last pieces of advice about how we can all stay a little safer. First, we've been saying since the start of the pandemic, please get vaccinated. If you feel sick, don't go out and spread your illness, whether it's the flu or COVID-19. Wear a mask. Maintain social distancing. Avoid large gatherings. Practice good hygiene. Wash your hands frequently. Because the Omicron variant is so easily transmissible, studies have shown that that when people get together in the workplace, that's when a high rate of transmission occurs. Consider limiting the number of people with whom you dine. Again, that was Dr. Russell Cameron, the Chief Medical Director at Penn Highlands Healthcare. Now we'll be turning the conversation over to Mark Norman. He's the Chief Operating Officer there. Whereas before, we were talking more about the virus and the vaccines themselves, we'll be focusing more about how it affects the hospital. So what are the conditions like there? Are they overwhelmed? Our staff is stretched, but they're doing an incredible job. When most people think of hospitals and healthcare, they think of the doctors and nurses. But there are many other people who are part of the care team along with the doctors and nurses, the people who work in medical imaging, the lab, the food service, housekeeping, respiratory, as well as many other people, and and also people in the back of the house who handle the insurance side, medical records, just to name a few, who all work together and play vital roles to provide care to all our patients. Just like everywhere else, our employees are getting sick, but every day uh, we have the staff to provide the care our patients require. 
Also, throughout our health system, we have an ample supply of PPE to keep our patients and staff safe. In our ICUs, we have the equipment and ventilators necessary to provide the care our patients need. And there's no getting around this. A lot of complaints have been happening about the wait times, the lack of beds, and just general concern that it's taking longer to get the care that you need whenever you go to a hospital. This is a, a big challenge, uh, not only at Penn Highlands Healthcare, but all across the country, as I'm sure you've heard. We have focused more resources on our hiring processes, as well as preparing to change the way we staff our patient care floors to utilize more support personnel to supplement because of the shortage we have for registered nurses. Also, it is very difficult to move patients out of the hospitals to nursing homes, for example, because the nursing homes cannot take patients due to lack of staffing. Therefore, our our hospitals uh, have patients that uh, really need to be moved to another level of care. Therefore, we continue to work with our nursing homes to try to increase staffing to where they can take more patients, alleviating the strain on our hospitals. Now, what about the strike teams that we've been hearing about? Is there any plans of Penn Highlands Healthcare using those strike teams or the National Guard or anything like that that might be offered federally or through the governor? We're still learning about those uh, plans for the regional support sites and the staffing support that the state can uh, possibly provide. We'll continue to assess our needs so that we can provide the highest level of care to our patients. Now let's talk rate of vaccinations. What's the vaccination rate look like in our community versus so how many people are vaccinated that work within the hospital? Uh, currently the vaccination rate for the employees of our health system is approximately 80%. The fully vaccinated rate of the communities we serve obviously varies uh, but is generally in the 45 to 60% range depending on the county that you are And Mark Norman does say the vaccine inventory is very strong. There are still plenty of vaccines to go around. At all of our facilities, we have um, enough doses of the vaccine for everyone in the community. And all of our employees still may need first and second doses, as well as the additional booster shots. Health systems, Penn Highlands including, are seeing delays in getting COVID-19 testing kits, which is, uh, as I'm sure you've seen, a national issue. We also wanted to clarify that vaccine policy since it did change fairly recently. Penn Highlands encourages everyone, whether they work for us or come to us for care, to be as safe as possible, and that includes being vaccinated. We provide convenient sites for the community and our employees to get the vaccine. While the vaccine mandate that was issued by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is being reviewed by the Supreme Court, We are not enforcing the mandate among employees and not requiring vaccination at this time. Now, again, we're going to talk about those long wait times, not just for care, but also for testing for COVID-19. Some people have said in particular, there had been some complaints about Penn Highlands elk with people saying that in some cases for testing, they were waiting about four hours. This is not unique to Penn Highlands elk or our health system across the country. People are finding long lines for tests on wait times and general lack of access to tests. Pharmacies uh, currently can't even keep the at-home test on the shelves because of the demand. As Dr. Cameron stated, this is largely due to how highly transmissible uh, nature of this Omicron variant. More people need tests, and unlike at the beginning of the pandemic, there are fewer tested sites. 
And let's elaborate about the many, many things that Penn Highlands Healthcare does, not just the hospital systems itself and the testing services, but also let's elaborate a little bit more about QCare and walk-ins and especially emergency rooms, which are meant, of course, for emergencies. Again, just like in every other part of the country, our QCare walk-in clinics and emergency rooms are stretched. It is important that emergency rooms be available for people who really need them critically ill people with life-threatening illnesses and injuries. Some of our acute care centers are operating with reduced hours, primarily due to having staff out with COVID-19. We asked Mark Norman, the chief operating officer of Penn Highlands Healthcare, whether there had been any talks about having to limit the services that the hospital was able to provide. At some of our facilities, and at times, we prioritize essential surgeries and postponing the elective ones. We've also reduced the hours at some of our Q-Care walk-in clinics, really due to the staffing and, again, employees testing positive. And another concern that a lot of people have is whether or not Penn Highlands would eventually suspend visitation again. We plan to continue the one-visitor policy uh, because having a loved one close by helps in the overall healing process. There have been, at certain times, uh, at certain hospitals where we have completely restricted visitation as the need arises. So let's talk about what we can do to help. We asked Mark Norman from Penn Highlands Healthcare, what can we do as the average everyday person to help out, especially helping out the staff at Penn Highlands who have been working so hard? Well, I want to reiterate what Dr. Cameron said earlier. If you feel sick, don't go out and spread your illness. Please get vaccinated, wear a mask, social distance, avoid large gatherings, practice good hygiene, And if you need medical attention, contact your physician first. Don't go to the emergency department uh, unless you feel your symptoms are emergent. And before we closed out the conversation, we heard some of the hospital's top priorities. Um, And I'll just say in in closing of this news conference, I want to again say that Penn Highlands Healthcare's top priority has been and continues to be the safety of our staff and our patients. We're seeing people die every day due to this COVID-19 virus, and we want to encourage everyone to be safe and to get vaccinated. Again, we are so appreciative for the work that all of our employees are doing every day, and especially during this pandemic. Again, that was Mark Norman, the Chief Operating Officer of Penn Highlands Healthcare. And earlier, we also heard from Dr. Russell Cameron, the Chief Medical Director at Penn Highlands, giving at least some answers, some statistics, and some pieces of advice during a Penn Highlands conference call that happened on January 12th. We encourage you, if you have any other specific questions, reach out directly to the hospital or to your primary care physician, especially if they are related to your health. We know that just like everywhere else, Omicron and COVID in general is a big concern and it's affecting a lot of people. The rates are definitely going up and we want you to stay as safe as possible. So take care of yourself, follow that medical advice, talk to your doctor and take those safety precautions, not just for yourself, but for other people as well. Again, that press conference happened on January 12th, 2022. And we want to keep you as up-to-date as possible with not just the statistics and what's happening in hospitals, but also what's happening legally statewide. 
We do know that these situations can change rapidly. But as of earlier this week, on January 11th and 12th, Pennsylvania's Governor Tom Wolf says the Wolf administration currently has no plans to pursue another COVID-19 emergency declaration, and also no current attempts to impose any new statewide restrictions or vaccine mandates. That's coming even after the highly contagious Omicron variant that's spreading quickly, and as we've heard, is causing some extra patients being in hospitals statewide. However, Pennsylvania's Acting Secretary of Health, Kira Kleinpeter, says that Pennsylvania is not considering further mitigation, at least not at this time. And Governor Tom Wolf separately repeated that we are in a different place than what we were a year ago or two years ago, surely. Wolf said that we can live our lives a lot more freely than we could before, saying that government officials don't have to make the same harsh decisions that they did previously. The approach to the virus apparently has shifted from the early days of the pandemic, whenever Wolf had ordered schools to shut down for in-person instructions and issued statewide stay-at-home orders. Now, some of those tools are no longer available to Governor Tom Wolf, either legally or politically, but he also said the focus has really been on now local decisions made on county and city levels instead of the statewide level. The governor and the Pennsylvania Department of Health now says the vaccine is the strategy to fight COVID-19, not shutdowns or lockdowns. Again, that is something that has been said earlier this week around January 11th and 12th. We'll continue to follow that story as we get more updates about COVID statistics and the reactions of how we can keep ourselves and others safe. And because COVID-19 vaccines are more widely available nowadays and more people are eligible for them, including kids five and up, we want to make sure that you know where to get yourself or plan for your family to get vaccinated if you haven't already. You can find the details online at vaccines.gov, find a location near you, call or visit their website and make an appointment. And if you do have concerns, we always encourage you, reach out to your family doctor and talk to them about any questions that you might have. For us here at Priority Media, we're looking forward to a new year in 2022 with a lot of hope. Please keep yourself, your family, your friends, and your neighbors safe. I'm Brittany Madera, the host of Contact, and this portion of the show brought to us in part by Community County Services family-based mental health. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wits end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. This portion of the programming has been pre-recorded. All right, class, let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least a hundred years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this 
huge rock and saw all these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig fort for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? (laughs) Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.